0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. for a touchdown
0: earlier in a direct snap. Now it's Michelle's turn running all the way. Gets to the edge.
2: Tony Michelle will send the Dogs home to the championship game.
1: 53-and-a-half-yard drive near a hash, kick right, snap, hold, kick is away, it's
2: reaching, and it is good, 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 Hot Pod does it! All right, Hot Pod! with an up and out, wide open! Touchdown! Israel two.
0: All right, welcome in. It is another edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the best podcast network for professionals. Joining me as always is Israel Troop. Israel, what's up, man?
2: What's going on, man? Been running around here left and right trying to get girdles and pants for our uh, start of spring on Tuesday. A lot of excitement going on around here in Albany.
0: There you go. Hey, we we kick off spring uh, next week as well. We're we're fitting kids for equipment today, actually. So uh, we're in the same boat, Israel. Glad to, glad that we're actually having a spring.
2: I know but that's right.
0: Also joining us, the CEO of Monster Bass. It's Rick Patry. Rick, what's up,
1: man? Hey, how's it going?
0: man we're we're good here man it's uh it's a rainy day here in nashville the the baseball game actually got canceled but um here at my my school as you can see in the background um so rick we uh thank you for coming on man i'm glad you could uh glad you could join us and uh man it looks i'm i'm kinda jealous looking at the weather there behind you you're in in southern california i i kinda I'll I'll trade you this rain if you want me to and I'll uh, I'll take some of that sunshine you got.
1: Yeah, uh, oddly enough I'm flying into uh the Tennessee on uh Friday. So hopefully that rain goes away and we're not dealing with any of that when we get there.
0: It's supposed to be like almost 80 and sunny tomorrow here in yeah. Nashville at least. I don't know what part you're you're going into.
1: Flying into Knoxville.
0: Oh, uh, then you might you might catch this system that we're that we're gonna <laughs> pass on to Knoxville. But, um, so glad you could join us, man. This is gonna be, you know, this is gonna be a fun ride here. Um, you know, your motto is "work harder, play hardest." Uh, how did you come up with that motto?
1: Well, you know, I, I think a lot of people as they get older forget, you know, don't give themselves permission to have fun, right? Like we grow up you know, we, we, we have fun as a kid, then, you know, priorities change. We, we, you know, we get married, have a kid, get a job, and and then we just get stuck in a nine to five. And so I've, I've always wanted to live my life by have, having fun, because if it's not enjoyable, why am I, why am I even here? And so, uh, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to play hard and, and, and live my life that way.
0: Absolutely. Hey. And, uh, so monster bass, the, the concept yeah. of monster bass, what, uh, what, what led you there? What led you to bass fishing? You know, how, how did you, how did you find the market and, and the, and the style of business you wanted to do with the, uh, and, and just tell us a little bit about what, what monster bass is all about.
1: Yeah, actually the, 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 the industry kind of found me, you know, it you know, I grew up in Syracuse, New York. I was fishing down on that lake with my dad and you know how it goes. You, you get a little bit older and your priorities change, you, you know? you go from fishing to uh, I'm more interested in girls. Uh, I go to college, grad school, get married, have a kid. And it's not until your kid, you know, says, you know, I want to go fishing that I got, I, I got back into it and, uh, I went back to the tackle shop and I, you know, to buy stuff and I was overwhelmed. I didn't know what to get. There were so many items that were out there and I was like, I have no idea what the heck to do, you know, because the worst thing I can do is take my kid fishing and then that then not catch anything. Right. So, uh, So I sat on that for a little bit and it wasn't until, um, you know, a couple years later, uh, that I thought to myself, well, why not, why not come up with a monthly subscription box and, uh, and send the the right baits to, 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 to people based upon the places where they love to fish now, this model isn't very new or isn't like it's unique. Like There's box of the month clubs for everything that's out there, but they all send you random stuff. But anyone that knows anything in the world about fishing knows that the same baits that you're throwing in Georgia in the month of April are not the same baits that the guy in Michigan is throwing. The water temperature is different. The pattern, the bait fish are different. And so all the other all the other solutions that were out there just sent you random stuff. And so I thought, let's break the country into regions let's curate baits based upon each one of those regions and and let's build a community around each one of those regions so that we have a team of people that can show you exactly how to use the baits that we send you because there's nothing more frustrating than just, you know, going out to the water and not catching fish. Right. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's nice to go out there, but it's a lot more fun when you're catching stuff.
2: So So I got a question for you, man. That that sounds awesome. How do you, do you, so they, they can subscribe that means subscribe to this right so how yeah. do you get, do they fill out something that lets you know like kind of what they're looking for um you know like you say y'all break it up in the regions yeah. um, because obviously april here is totally different from michigan um right. so do they do they kind of fill out kind of like what they want and kind of what they're looking for when they when they subscribe
1: yeah so we've tried this a couple different ways and and, and you know during our first year of operation we we used to give you a survey at the start and we, you know, we'd ask you like, where do you fish from the boat or the bank? What's your skill level? What baits do you like to fish with? And what we found was the survey results that we'd get from our customers told us that they'd fill out the survey and say, I like to fish with spinnerbaits. And if we didn't send them spinnerbaits, they weren't very happy. And so what we did was we kind of tweaked the model. And so now it's more about just tell us where you live. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go to our team of pros that live in the areas where you live and fish. And they're going to tell us what the best baits are for that time of season, right? So it's not just me picking out baits sitting here in Los Angeles saying, Hey, let's send this spinner bait to the guys in Kentucky. No, I've got guys that actually live in Kentucky that are fishing the waters right now. I've got tournament pros, I've got shops and guides, and they give us all their feedback an input in terms of everything from bait selection, color selection, size, um, what we pair things with. So what we do is we'll send you the first box. And, and, and it's, again, it's based upon our recommendations. And then we survey you at the end of the month, where do we hit the mark? Where do we miss the mark? What would you like to see next? And we start to use more of your feedback once you've gotten your first box to build your profile, as opposed to building the profile from the get go.
0: Wow, that's uh, yeah, I mean that's, that, awesome. that's pretty pretty uh, pretty <laughs> thorough. I, you know the the team of pros and things like that. Like, how did you when you were curating your list of of pros and and, and guys, How did you cast that net? Pun intended.
1: Yeah, so you know, there's two ways to look at this. You could go out and you could look at at all the sponsored anglers, the tournament anglers. But I always felt like they were just going to tell me, "Well, I'm sponsored by Company X, so you should use Company X's baits." So then I thought, let's, let's go find some really, some, some, some influencers that are out there that are really good sticks. Like there's a guy named Alex Rudd, this guy, you know, he doesn't have the biggest follow. He's got like 50,000 subs on YouTube. You know, sure. I could have gone out and found a guy that's got 250, 300,000 or a million subscribers, but is he really, is he or she going to be that stick that really knows how to fish that area? So I went out and found guys like Alex Rudd who know their area. They're, they're, they're not just guys fishing with gummy bears on YouTube. These are guys that are actually out there showing people how to fish each and every day. And then I combined that with uh, some of the some of the local tackle shops and guides because they just want to put you on product that's going to help you catch fish so you come back into their store. So I wanted to make sure we, we were getting really good information that was unbiased based upon sponsorships so that the recommendations that they gave us that we in turn, uh, turned into product selection was going to be accurate and informative.
2: Man, that's awesome. That sounds like some great customer service to me. Um, yeah. It's great that you guys have, that you guys have places that actually fish in those areas, man. That that That's huge. Cause I mean, like you said, I, you know, I, I, I fish in Adel, um, which is Adel, Georgia, South, South Georgia. That's why I have this Southern draw that you hear now. Um, so for us, you know, we use minnows every once in a while. We use um sure. uh, uh, red worms, you know, red uh-huh. ribbed, things like that, which is which is common. You yeah. know, and to hear that you guys have that plus just a couple of other things too to kind of, you know, boost it up a little bit is awesome, especially when you got people in place that can tell you exactly how are the fish hitting, what are they like and things like that. Yeah. It's, uh, you
1: know, it, it, and it's not just a bait selection, right? Like, so we send you a box every month, but we also, uh, we're running, uh, starting in May, we're running the big bass, uh, the big bass championships. And it's literally, it's free for every one of our subscribers and it's a year long tournament for the biggest fish. And it's the biggest fish in your region. Cause I realize you know, Texas, Florida, California, they're a region unto themselves, right? Cause they're going to catch the biggest fish, no doubt. But so we, we break the rest of the country into the different regions and it's a one fish tournament all year long. Any one of your catches could be the biggest fish and you could earn up to $10,000 worth of prizes because cash and prizes. And and it's, again, it's just another way to get people out there fishing with the baits that we give them, get them interacting within our community and having a little fun in the process. So it's a, it's a cool little thing that we started.
0: So when uh, you live in California, uh, you live by the I coast. Do. I imagine. Yeah. When is saltwater yeah. uh, fishing gonna gonna enter your business model,
1: or is it already there? It's a really no, it's not. So it's a really good question. Um, you know, this company we're not even two years old yet, and, yeah. uh, and 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 you know, the bass market is such a just it's giant. I can spend the next three years doing nothing but bass. Now, we'll probably enter the saltwater market, but probably I probably won't have that discussion internally until probably August. And then we'll make the decision. Is that a is that a uh, a, you know, do we do we bring that out in time for for uh, the holidays or do we wait until 2022? So it's 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 definitely on the radar, but it's not something that we're ready to jump into just yet.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say some of my best stories and some of my best success stories are uh, are in the saltwater and, uh, and not the freshwater. So I was I was oh, kind of yeah. curious as far as that goes. And uh, man, it's 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 a lot of fun. I you know I, I was somebody that grew up. I thought fishing was the most boring thing in the world. Like you, you know you just throw, throw throw a line out there and you sit there and and watch grass grow until you catch something. And obviously, I was never successful. I didn't know what I was doing. And then, you know, i I married my wife and her family is just the, every single one of them fish and and yeah. uh, her two brothers, they fish in a lot of local tournaments. And sure. then on on my dad's side of the family, I've got a couple of uh cousins that are fishing charters down in Panama City and oh. and they they run the bays in the in the inshore um and and they fish for Whatever you catch inshore fishing, yeah, um, not deep sea fishing. So, needs needless to say, over the last, I guess, eight years, I've been inundated with uh, with fishing. I still don't really know what I'm doing, but it's a lot more fun. I I, I look forward to it. Um, going out on the boat and, and throwing lines out there, and it's it's a lot of fun. And you know, I'm I'm glad you guys came around, and now I might look like an expert. So so thank you for making me look good.
1: Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I'm, I'm more of a saltwater guy myself too. Like I love going out there. You know, I was just down in, uh, uh, Louisiana and we were doing some tuna fishing. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to Guatemala and fish for some sailfish. Uh, to me, there's no comparison. Like I, I I get it. I love, I, I, you know, people are diehard about bass fishing, but I didn't grow up in a, you know, I really didn't grow up around that. And, um, you know, it's funny that I got into bass, you know, I got into fishing when, you know, if you gave my brother one day left on this planet, he'd probably, go, he'd, he'd probably throw in a dip and go fishing. And here I am, you know, I'm knee deep in the industry. I I go to all the events and my brother sits at home and he's, and and it kills him because he would <laughs> like, this would be his dream job. And, and, you know, i can give you you know if if it's my last day i can give you 50 other things i'd rather do besides go bass fishing i love i like fishing but you know it's not like i've spent my entire life dreaming about getting into bass fishing it was so it's been pretty a pretty interesting ride
0: yeah no doubt um but uh yeah let's uh Let's have a little fun now. Uh, Obviously, our show is brought to you by Monster Bass. We have uh, Rick Patry on here, but uh, we're also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. They also have an online casino as well. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And this is also a thing uh, since BetOnline joined our show. That online betting was never a thing for me. I love go- like when I go to casinos, I love playing blackjack, love playing craps, you know, love doing some of those casino games. And definitely the the sportsbook. Are you uh, are are you into any of that stuff?
1: Yeah. I was actually at a casino this weekend. Uh, oh, nice. Totally, totally not planned. We are driving home from dinner because we were out in Palm Springs and, and mm-hmm. we we're driving home from dinner. And I was like, I, I looked at my girl, I'm like, you want to go to the casino? And she's like, yeah, sure. Why not? And so, uh, you know, we went to the casino and it was kind of weird, first of all, because, you know, I don't know what it's like, you know, where you're living right now, but we're still kind of locked down a lot, right? Like it's- my kid just went back to school for the first time in 400 days. Wow.
0: Yeah. We went back week. in March. Yeah, we're, yeah. Tennessee is almost completely not, they just lifted all, all restrictions.
1: Yeah. They've lifted restrictions, but yet, you know, everything's still this big social distance thing, but then I walked into the casino. I'm like, there's no social distancing here this place is packed. And uh, it was so, it was like, everyone was so excited to go do something. You couldn't get a seat at the table. Uh, I, we stood around for an hour. You couldn't play blackjack. You couldn't play crafts. Uh, finally we just messed around with some other games and then rolled out of there. But uh, the sports book, yeah, I love the sports book. I, I go with my friend part A. usually opening weekend, we go to Vegas and watch uh, NFL and uh, bet on the games and drop some money on the Super Bowl and, you know, hope that we're all going to win. And so, yeah, I do. I, I do like uh, a little bit of sports betting. Did
0: either of you uh, anticipate Tampa winning?
1: We did bet on Tampa. Nice yeah
0: that's that's a good bet it's probably paying off really well right now
1: well I, it felt like it was it just felt it felt i don't know there listen i i've, I've never been like a new england patriots fan but i respected what they i respected mm-hmm. what they did because i mean how did they do that with the the the, the all of those wide receivers, they had nobody. They had no running backs, they had nobody. And so, um, I always admired what they did. and I felt like when it came time for 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 them to cut ties with Brady I, I was like, "This just feels weird." And uh, when he went to Tampa, I was like, all right, this feels like he's out to prove something." And then when they started surrounding him with everybody, it was like, "Oh God, this is gonna happen. <laughs> you can tell. but yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, I never thought that they were going to beat. Kansas City I
0: no I didn't either I mean I, I thought once you know once they got they started really slow in the season I remember how it kind of yeah. played out they I mean they yeah. got stomped against New Orleans yeah. Yeah. in the opening weekend and and then they kind of struggled their way and then they found their way and then they got into the playoffs and I was like okay they'll beat Washington and then I was like all right Green Bay no they'll they'll lose to Green Bay and then they didn't and then they get into Super Bowl I'm like well they have a chance but you know Mahomes is Mahomes, and that Chiefs team is,
1: Yeah, you know. I mean, I thought that they might put up uh, 31 points, tops, but I figured that Kansas City would put up like 45. Uh, yeah. I just didn't see – I didn't see the collapse. I didn't see Tampa's defense step up the way that they did because I I also thought that, you know, I looked at the coaching and I, 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 Andy Reid's a great play caller and he's a great, mm-hmm. great coach. You know, Bruce Arians, I don't know much about it, but I just didn't. I didn't see
0: it coming, so. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I'm not surprised that they won, but also didn't see it coming either. It's kind sure. of a combination of that. But, yeah, my, my NFL team is is the Atlanta Falcons, and, and the draft is tonight, actually. Yeah. Uh, there's a huge debate going on. You know, obviously, number one is going to be Trevor Lawrence. Number two is going to be Zach Wilson. The huge debate right now is, A, the 49ers, are they going Wilson? Not not Wilson, but are they going Mac Jones or Trey Lance? And then what are the Falcons going to do it for? Are they going to trade out? are they going to draft Kyle Pitts or Are they going to draft whoever's left? You know, what what, you know, how do you kind of see the the 49ers pick shaking out and how does that affect the rest of the first round, you think?
1: You know, it's it's pretty interesting to think to think that Jimmy Garoppolo was like the toast of the NFL like a, a, you know, a year and a half ago. You could have they thought he was a savior for the 49ers, then he gets a little injured and uh, they have that down year. Uh, I think they're going I think they're going to go with Mac. I think that uh when you look at that team, I think that the only concern I have is, are they going to be able to keep him healthy? Because we all saw what happened in, in, uh, in uh, Cincinnati, right? With with Burroughs. And, and yeah, so.
0: Cincinnati is a notoriously cheap organization, by the way. Right?
1: Totally. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how everything unfolds. I think that yesterday's trade. I think that Denver stole Teddy Bridgewater with a six-round pick. I mean, yeah. that's a great deal. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see what Atlanta does. I mean, I mean, Matt Ryan's getting up there in age, right? And, and, yeah. And how do you feel? Do you feel strongly enough that you're gonna take the the heir apparent it, it, with the next pick? Probably yeah. right.
0: I mean, I'm also hearing that there there might have a chance that Davis Mills is sitting there in the second round when they come back around. So, do you draft Kyle Pitts? Get Davis Mills? Let him sit for two years behind Matt Ryan. Obviously, Mills just needs that experience and needs that development. But the yeah. kid's got skills. He was a former five star. I don't know how much of Stanford football you watched this past year, but you know that that lot. seems pretty plausible.
1: Yeah, it does. I think I think Pitts is an interesting pick, too. Right. We haven't seen we haven't seen someone like him in a while. And uh, if you can come back around in the second round and take a quarterback, then, you know, it, it's worth it's worth putting him on the bench like an Aaron Rodgers, you know, and 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 letting Matt Ryan. you know, making it really clear, this is this is not a, a QB uh, competition. This is Matt's job. You're going to learn from him and, and you're going to grow into the role. The same way that Garoppolo did behind Brady, right? Like we've seen mm-hmm. success. I, I think, I, I think, I think what we see is we want to thrust that new quarterback into the mix a lot sooner than they're ready for, right? And the game, the game speeds up between college and NFL. The game speeds up at a different pace, and I think it takes yeah. them a couple years to really like just become accustomed to it, right? Players are bigger, they're faster, they're stronger, they're more skilled. They've seen your talent before. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think buying, you know, getting a quarterback in the second round and stat and stashing him for another, you know, maybe it's maybe it's only one year. It's probably two, because I don't, you know, Ryan's not playing bad.
0: No, I mean he's 35, he's a former MVP. They got a right. electric offense, and his contract situation is I think they take a 40 something million dollar cap hit if they cut him now. And I think it only drops to like twenty something. So I mean, they're going to keep him. So it's yeah. going to be kind of interesting. And and you do have a good point there because you know when you when you're looking at sample size with these quarterbacks, Mac Jones hasn't started a whole lot of games at Alabama. Obviously, uh, Trey Lance has not started a whole lot of games for North Dakota State. Great, both of them great when they did start, but they just don't have enough of that sample size. And so you know, a situation like going to San Francisco where you have a proven guy, dude just can't stay healthy. I mean, it's it's a pretty good situation to me uh, as far as who they draft. I would probably take, if I'm going to take a project guy, I would take Trey Lance because I think he has more upside than Mac Jones. I think he has a higher ceiling, a better skill set. But, you know, I think either one they, they can they can live with.
1: Yeah, it's hard when you're in the machine like Alabama because, I mean, you have talent at every, at every position. I mean – Ed Ogeron is like the best recruit. I mean, that that guy has a incoming, uh, re- incoming freshmen from eleven mm. different states. Yeah, I mean, that's really, and, and we're not just talking about eleven average guys. He's got starters from eleven different states, and, and and so you you do you know you do bring up a good point, right? Is 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 he was he that good? Could you put someone else? With a different skill set in that position, would they have done the same or better? Right. It's 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 definitely something that's up for debate.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but then you gotta look at someone like uh 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 Burrow up in, uh, you know. I mean, he came in and played pretty well, so mm-hmm. so
0: yeah, I mean there there's there's arguments for both both ways. I mean, Burrow yeah. only Burrow started for two years though. Mac Jones, Trey Lance because Trey Lance didn't play this year, he opted out and right. And so I, I don't know. I mean it'd be an interesting experiment, that's for sure. Yeah. So yeah. um my next question is living in LA, I feel like yeah. it's like living in Alabama where you choose Bama or Auburn, Chargers yeah. or Rams.
1: Who's, There's who- no comparison. So as a kid it's, it's 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 interesting. As a kid growing up in Syracuse, New York, you know, you would have thought I was like a Jets or a Giants or a Bills fan. Yeah. And I did have some some, some appreciation for the bills, but I always, as a kid, it's so weird. I always, as a kid said, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to move to Los Angeles and I'm going to go to USC. And, uh, I was a big Rams fan, a big, oh, you wow. know, it was when, when magic Johnson, when magic Johnson was drafted by the Lakers, that was, it, it was like, magic's my guy lakers everything and then of course i moved to los angeles and saw where usc was and i was like oh i should probably been saying i was going to ucla instead of usc (laughs) usc for those that don't know usc is in the projects like you have this sick ridiculous expensive school surrounded by nothing that you want to walk through at night
0: (laughs) yeah that's what i've heard
1: Uh, about usc uh, so so yeah so to answer your question i'm a i'm a diehard rams fan and so when I moved here, it was just like a bonus for me uh, to actually live in a town where, like, uh, my team was. Yeah. So, have you been to and so there's no debate in this town. Listen, I have. There's no debate in this town as to what it is. It's a Rams town. The Chargers, like, I, I think the owner of the Chargers did, did, did the team and the fan base dirty, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. never going to be able to support LA's—I think of LA—is—is as, 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 there's diehard fans, and then there's there's a lot of fair-weathered fans, mm-hmm. and and I don't think that uh, this town supports two teams. I, I think that they should have gone. They should have built it. Stayed in San Diego. Uh, San Diego deserves that team. They supported that team through thick and thin. And when that owner decided he needed to go make more money, he up and he up and left them. Uh, and, and I think that it's gonna. It's, it's, it's not a good scene. Like when you watch the stadium that they were even playing in, it, it's a, it's a tiny stadium that they were using for, uh, for soccer. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't even sell that thing out. Right. Like what are they going to do with this giant stadium when, when they're going to raise ticket prices to the point where the average family can't afford to go. Uh, I, I think that, uh, I don't see how these both both teams can stay in Los Angeles forever. I just don't.
0: No, they can't, and the, and the Rams will because they're supported and they've been there before. And yeah, so to to me, like home games are going to be home away from home for Chargers. Like when the Broncos come to yeah. town, it's going to be a Broncos home game. When the Raiders come to for town, sure. it's going to be a Raiders home game. I mean, just about every place is a Raiders home game because they I feel like they have fans everywhere. But it's uh you know. I, I want to go. I want to go to SoFi. I want to go to Raiders, the, the Death Star out there. Um, I still that haven't place. been to the Benz in Atlanta.
1: Oh, oh. you got to go there. Yeah. So, speaking of speaking of, of the Death Star, so I have a friend. She works in the NFL, and uh, so she's already been there multiple times and everything. Yeah. When you think about how good this is for football, right? Yeah. This is going to be the hardest ticket in football to get because. You know, how does someone that, you know, you're going to fly in for a weekend to go to Vegas and you're going to get to go see Raiders versus Tampa, right? Like when you want to, when you think about traveling to go see a team, now you've got Vegas as the destination to go to. Mm -hmm. Those tickets are going to be so hard to get. It's going to be crazy. Like I'm I'm excited to go there.
2: Yeah.
0: I would be too. I mean, it, it it looks like a great, great stadium, great venue. You mm-hmm. finally have a good product on the field with the Raiders.
1: Decent. It's debatable. It's debatable. Decent. I, I think up decent. And down. I think that uh, I, I still think that there's a, a mess at quarterback. I just don't think that they have that thing locked in to where they feel confident about uh, Derek Carr's capabilities. I mean, he, he 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 definitely improved last season over the year before, but. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make some moves too.
0: Is it a Gruden thing? Is it a David is it a Derek Carr thing? I mean, what what do you think the situation is there?
1: I think it's it's a combination of both. I don't know that that, that uh I, I think that Derek Carr probably gets his feelings hurt a little bit. And I don't think that Gruden cares about whether or not he's hurting someone's feelings. He's just gonna tell you how it is and you're gonna have to deal with it. And yeah. so We'll see how that plays
0: out. Yeah that that'll be interesting. I, I can't wait yeah. to uh, see how that plays out. I can't wait to see how the quarterback situation yeah. in San Fran plays out. Atlanta, uh, Carolina seemed to find their guy. You know, we were talking about Denver striking it big with, with Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, that's a hell of a I move think that's too.
1: Great six, yeah, six round pick. I'd trade a six round pick all day long for Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, yeah. how how often does someone Come in, you know. How often does a six-round pick come in and impact your team on day one? They were inconsistent at the quarterback spot last year, and so I would, I would give up a six-rounder all day long. And they've got
0: weapons. I mean, you got Melvin Gordon; he's the lead guy now. He seems to have his head on straight. You have Cortland Sutton coming back. You have Jerry Judy. You have Noah Fant. I mean, you got weapons all over that offense.
2: Yeah,
1: they got a lot of young players, and uh, they just need somebody to deal it. Putting it together, right? Yeah, it's one of the better moves that I always made in a while because I mean, we forget, right? Like he's had some, he's had some pretty questionable moves since they, uh, since they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. So it'll be yeah. interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm rooting for Teddy Bridgewater. I was, well, I yeah. couldn't root for him as a Panther because you know, obviously, right. He's a Panther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't root for, for sure. him as a Saint. I was yeah. happy that he was playing again, but he's a Saint. Can't root for him. Yeah. Right. Um, so now I can. F- Bridgewater, I can finally root for you. Thank you, yeah. and I have Melvin Gordon uh-huh. on my dynasty team, so I can root for that as well. But uh, USC, man, uh, who's your favorite Trojan of all time that oh. you get that you got to saw, that you got to see play? Uh, Either lie or on TV, I got
1: to see play. I mean, the Reggie Bush years were were just. It was like the, the they were rock stars. They could do. I mean, when you had. Bush and Lendale White, those two. And then I mean, you surround yourself with some of those wide receivers that they've had. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really hard to say. I mean, Reggie Bush, those years were really special. They really were special.
0: I was watching I was in college during those and I remember watching in all. I think Reggie Bush and I are the same age actually. But um I I would watch those in awe going, How does he do that? Yeah. And then I'm like, There's no way he can top that. And then the next week he tops it and I'm like, yeah, damn lord, was- man.
1: Yeah, he was special. I mean, <laughs> truly, truly special. But you know, you got guys like Robert Woods and and you know, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of great talent that's come through USC. Um, it's been a lot of average quarterbacks though, when you think about it. Like, you know, you had your Carson Palmers and and things like that, but like you've had quite a few that have just flopped, right? Your Matt linerts of the world mm-hmm. and uh
0: I just don't yeah. think he could get over the party boy mentality when he got in the NFL.
1: No, no. He clearly, he clearly had his eyes set on Kristen uh, Cavallari and a different mm-hmm. lifestyle. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh,
0: and it got him. Now he's on TV though. He's doing okay. Him and him and Reggie are reunited yeah. on Fox. So yeah, there you go. That's good, man. Um, yeah. so being being a West Coast guy, how do y'all how do y'all view SEC football? It's an um, interesting perspective.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, I think in Los Angeles, there's a big, um, there's a, there's a lot of backroom talk about USC trying to get Ed Ogeron back. Right. I think that everyone knows that we screwed up. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I was talking with someone who does work at, uh, at USC in the administration and, and confirmed that like, there's a lot of talk about could we make this happen? Uh, I I think you have to look at the SEC and you have to think like it's definitely the most dominant you know conference in in football. Um, and I think that you know the West Coast, I well, it is changing a little bit, right? Like you think about. You think, you think about the West Coast teams and you think, oh, we're going to be a little smaller, we're going to be faster, and we're going to play that old school Oregon offense and, but that's, that is changing now a bit. I think Stanford is, has had some pretty good players, and uh, you know they're playing a different type of ball. But I, I think the inconsistency of USC over the last you know however many years has really just continued to let the spotlight shine on the SEC, the dominance of Alabama, the dom- mm-hmm. you know, LSU and some of the other teams.
0: And even Clemson and, for that matter.
1: Yeah. Clemson. Outside, yeah. I, yeah. How can, yeah. how could I even forget yeah. them? I mean, yeah. It's so, all
0: Southeastern teams. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's all Southeastern. And, and then, you know, even when, you know, even when you start throwing in the big 10, like the big 10 now, like Michigan, they're to me, Michigan is the, is the little brother to like some of these, some of these bigger power conference schools mm-hmm. that, you know, in the SEC. So, Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think on the west coast, I think there's a there's also not the mentality like we don't shut down on a weekend to watch SEC football right mm-hmm. or or USc football like there's definitely like usc is definitely runs the town um, and, and people are you know fanatical about USC, but it's just a different vibe. like I've been in some of the some of the some of the southern cities when there's been football on on Saturday, and you know it. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, there's flags everywhere. Everybody is rocking and ready for college football, and you know, it's just more of a ingrained into the pattern of life in the South than it is out here on the West Coast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's you can't be, you know, a, a college Saturday here. I mean, you go to a restaurant, and it's all like where I live yeah. in Nashville. It's yeah. all Bama, and then you see a bunch of yeah. see orange for yeah. for the for the Vols, and and you yeah. can't. Like, if you go during a Vols game, you're A, not going to be able to get a seat. B, you're going to have to listen to the Tennessee game because they're going to play that over the speakers instead of music or or nothing at all. So, um, But yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things from last season was, uh, you know, we always joke about Pac-12 after dark, and now uh, USC actually embarked on this uh, experiment, and it was uh, Pac-12 at brunch. Hmm and, and uh, you know it was it was a noon kickoff uh twelve game, or actually yeah, no, it was uh, eleven a m because uh, because we're only two hours ahead of you guys out there and uh yeah, you know, what do you think about yeah. the the whole like brunch schedule as as a way to get you know on national television a little bit earlier for the east Coast audience? Is it weird?
1: I don't think it's weird. I mean is a guy like I've experienced both i remember i remember like in, in grad school, I would sit there and you know you would You'd wake up and you'd watch three NFL games, and your entire day was gone. Like, I enjoy the West Coast. Like, I love, I love how on the West Coast, like my first game starts at like noon, and and all that. So, you know the the thought of 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 changing the program around so that you can experience a little more Pac-12 football. Why not? Like, I, I mean, first of all, who doesn't love brunch? Yeah. Second of all, who doesn't love football? You combine those two things into the right time frame to try and encourage more people to to to, to watch it. I'm down with that. Yeah, I, think, I, I, I thought it was cool. I think one of the most interesting changes in programming is is going to come with the uh, uh, who just scored? Amazon, did you right? Amazon scored mm-hmm. some some football rights, and did you hear what they're talking about? You're going to be able to choose the way that you want to watch football. You may be able to choose it without commentary. You might be able to choose it with online. They're they're, they're coming up with this whole strategy. I was talking to someone that works at Amazon. They're coming up with this whole interactive way that you'll be able to participate with the games and fans as opposed to just sitting there and watching it. And I think that to me is going to be really interesting to, to see how like the likes of Amazon and Apple start to change the way that we watch sports.
0: Yeah. I mean that, I mean, if you can get, if you can get interactive, especially with the fantasy world, You know, that'll, that'll change things and that, you know, people won't be, I I wish the NFL would, would lift the whole, like, you only can watch one game at a time type deal. I mean, they, you know, with all this streaming, just make it available for everybody. And like, if you're a Falcons fan living in Nashville, Tennessee, you know, and I don't want to watch the Titans, I can click in and stream the Falcons. Or like, if you're a Bills fan living in, living in Arizona, you know, you're not, you're not just stuck watching the Cardinals. You can watch your Bills. You know, however it is, however it may be, you know, just make those games available. That's what's making college football great. Is because 100%. you know every SEC game is available, and yeah. they stagger it to where you can you can watch it and, and chain it together. But mm-hmm. like if if ESPN is showing the Georgia game, and you're like an LSU fan, and LSU is playing at the same time, and it's you can you can go you can go watch it. Why not be able to do that with the NFL? I, it, sure. it baffles me. And, and you know, I, I know it's trying to like force local markets to, I, I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is, but, you know, with everything streaming to me, it just makes the most sense. Make it interactive, make it to where you can actually
1: make it accessible.
0: Yeah. Make it accessible, make it available and, and make it interactive to where, hey, I can go in and click on my fantasy lineup and I can go in and actually check those games. Yeah,
1: I agree. So, I agree.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, maybe we should start that business. I don't know. Maybe, let's, let's do it.
1: We could. You know, it's funny you mentioned Tennessee, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Is it me or do I, do, am I the only person that doesn't want to watch Ryan Tannehill for some reason?
0: <laughs> I mean, I, he's not exciting.
1: <laughs> he's not exciting, but you know what? He's gotten the job done two years in a row now. Like after yeah. you know, just being horrible in Miami. He's good enough I for mean, what they do. Yeah. He's good enough.
0: He's good enough for what they do now. Now Matt Ryan's going to enjoy the magic of of Arthur Smith. So (laughs) I'm excited about that. But um, you know, when I when I was reading up when I was reading up, uh, you know, before we before we jumped on this thing, I noticed you like uh, you're a big WWE fan. You know, I grew up in the uh, gimmick era where it was, everyone had a gimmick, you know, the million dollar man, Jake the snake, Snake, (laughs) uh, Hulk Hogan, you know, the, you know, that whole era. And then, then when I hit high school, it was the whole, you called it the attitude era when we were talking before we started recording the the whole attitude era of stone cold and the rock. And, you know, there was a big, there was a big division. And at at least at my school about, are you a rock guy or are you a stone cold guy? So where do you fall on that?
1: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I I like them both. Uh, I I don't know that I can pick one versus the other because I think you know I mean Stone Cold set the stage for The Rock, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, when 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 that era, we, it's funny. We, we started. You know, if you go to the to the era before the, let's say before Hulk Hogan, right? right? You had all these old guys, right? That that had been there for a million years, and 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 they didn't have the gimmicks. They they just were like you know Bob Backlund like there was nothing spectacular about that guy yet he was the WWF heavyweight champion and it wasn't until like you know, uh, you know, Andre the Giant right? Andre the Giant comes in and 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 he he gets he gets uh, promoted out to all the different regions because there used to be like twenty different regions throughout the mm-hmm. throughout the United States and and different promoters in each one and and it wasn't really until you know. Hulk Hogan came along that you started seeing all these guys, right? You had the, the Jake, like you said, the Jake, the snakes, the Hulk Hogan's Jimmy Superfly, Snuka, ultimate warrior, Randy, macho man, savage. Yeah. And that was when, and, and, and what really kicked it off was when, when cable television started, right? Because what you had was you had wrestlers in different regions that no one knew that no one knew about outside of their region. Mm-hmm. Because you couldn't program cable television to everything. And it wasn't until like Ted Turner, right? With, you know, Ted Turner had, what was, w, uh, what hey, was WCW? WCW? WC Dun- something else. Be. No. NW, oh, yeah, NWA. A- anyway, so you had, you had Vince McMahon, and he bought the WWF from his father. And, and then he parlayed that into I'm going to program this thing on cable television on the USA network and I'm going to expose the entire country to it. Now everyone in the country knows about the Hulk Hogan's of the world right? Yeah. And then they came along but it really wasn't until Stone Cold and The Rock got into it where Stone Cold just came in and just you know it was a big you know big middle finger to the industry and he, it's going to be him him versus the machine. And It was, it was just, it was, it was like life changing for me because here's a guy that like represents everybody on the planet that doesn't have a, that has a boss that they don't like or their father who they're mad at. And he represented, you know, I'm going to make it okay to go, to go and fight this. And then when the rock came along, you know, it was just a whole different level of charisma, right? He, he spoke to a different audience. Um, and it was interesting when Stone Cold fought uh, in, in Stone Cold's last match ever. you watch it and, um, and and I recently saw an interview on this, too. Like you saw uh, 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 the rock, and, and he picked him up and, and he gave him a rock bottom, dropped him on the ground, pinned him, and you can see Rock, rock goes over to him, and, he, and you can and when they slow it down, you can tell him he, he thanked him and he told me he loved him. And uh, because if you ask The Rock, Stone Cold has really set the stage and made The Rock what he was today. And so I like those two guys equally.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it was fun watching them going back and forth. It was almost like they were co-villains, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. like they needed you, they, each other.
0: They, yeah, they needed each other like to play off that, you know, cuz they tried it with with Hogan and, and Macho Man and then they yeah. couldn't quite they couldn't quite capture that spark uh right. with, with those two characters. They finally found the formula with with The Rock and and, and Stone yeah. Cold. Today's oh, yeah. wrestling, like how do they get back to that level of I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a machine right now, don't get me wrong. It's I mean, but like the level of where it was with those two, like, how do you get back to that where there's this big rivalry and like it's must see TV now?
1: I don't know that you ever do.
0: Yeah, I just I mean, don't that's...
1: know that you ever do. I think that when you when you look at where it is and how it's so accessible, I mean, wrestling, you know, it used to be Monday Night Raw, right? And it was something you got you looked forward to, and now it's like on every single night of the week it seems, and with yeah. social and tra- media, it's.
0: And they tried to with SmackDown and Raw, like creating that rivalry,
1: right?
0: But
2: yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, I I don't know, I don't know how you get back to what that was. I don't. uh, It's 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 too big of a machine now. Yeah. So
0: yeah, it really is, and it's just kind of kind of churning. I I guess with the women's division, they're they're looking at that. Um, you know, they're building that, and that's that's been a priority. But and they've really promoted the heck out of that, and they're doing a great job. I mean, that that division has grown tremendously. Yeah. You know, Charlotte Flair, uh the the Bella Twins, you know, um what's her name? Um
1: ronda Rousey.
0: Yeah, ronda Rousey. Uh, <laughs> I can't I am I'm, I'm drawing blanks on some of these yeah, names, yeah. but um but yeah that whole division was just you know it's just grown tremendously and, and yeah and they sure. it's been a big part of, of what wrestling is now and maybe that's maybe that's the direction they're going. They're making, you know, the 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 women's side equal to the men's side now.
1: Yeah, there's uh there's a lot of programming around both of that. There's actually right now there's a they just started it's an eight part mini series on Annie, uh where they're gonna profile eight most influential wrestlers of all time. And they actually started with Stone Cold. Last week was it's on Sundays at like eight o'clock. And uh then last week was Rowdy Roddy Piper.
0: Oh wow and
1: uh I don't know who it is this Sunday, but like uh, it's so interesting the stories, like how they take you through the history. Mm-hmm. Even and and I watched. They had one on Andre the Giant. That was so interesting. Rick Flair tells a story about how he sat there with one night when Andre drank 106 beers, and you're like, (laughs) like, (laughs) I would
0: I would die a third of the way through
1: that. That's crazy.
0: (laughs) That's insane. Like how you can how you can consume that much alcohol and probably not even be phased. To be honest with you, Um, but yeah, I was always a big Flair fan. I was always a big Flair. Um, Love Flair. Just, just, uh, just the whole bravado he brought. I was always, you know, I always try to do my macho man impression. That's that's, yeah. a, that's a work in art because the cream will rise to the
1: top. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, work, working on that a little bit. Yeah. As yeah. cheesy as that is. But, yeah. No, I mean, no. It's, it's so it's good.
1: It's so funny, too, like how, like, you know, think about Rick Flair. That guy's charisma and his gift of gab, like, he's brought in to, like, motivate, like, who was it? Was it uh, the Patriots one year before yeah. the Super Bowl? He was brought in, yeah, it, it, to, to talk to the team. But I mean, when you think about that guy's iconic like comments and you know Rolex yeah. wearing, jet,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: he's so good.
0: Yeah, he's he just so he lived good. that character so totally. so well. Totally, and the, the thirty for thirty
1: on him, amazing was amazing. one of my favorite watches. Yes, man. amazing.
0: And I would put that up in the upper echelon with with the U and um, yeah. the the Ric yeah. Flair and the Dion's Double Day and totally. you know some of, some of those that are really fun to watch and and so um, I'm a big documentary nerd. If you haven't, yeah, yeah, if yeah, you yeah, haven't yeah. guessed, but uh, you know A and E's trying their shot at at working some of that Last Dance magic with the eight most influential. They do their eight part series, whatever. Yeah. Everyone's rocking with the Last Dance. So, um, you know, I've always. And, and, and it always – being here in a, in a high school, you always get the, hey, coach, uh, Kobe – no, not Kobe. Um, they don't ever mention Kobe, which they should. Um, they always go, Michael or LeBron? They always ask me that every time, thinking I'm going to change my answer. Obviously, it's Michael, but when you compare those two, it's almost like apples and oranges. I think the comparison, honestly, is Magic and LeBron and Kobe and Michael. What do you think about that? I know you're a Lakers guy. so
1: It's interesting. I, I, I think about it is it's real. It's, it's, it's a harder comparison than I think most people make it out to because basketball was different. Mm-hmm. If LeBron drove the lane back in the day when Michael played, he would have been on the ground. They would have had someone that would have knocked him down every single time. Right. right. Think about oh, the yeah. Detroit Pistons. Right. It wasn't it. Listen, Go back and watch those games: Lakers, Celtics, Pistons, Pistons, Bulls. Everybody, it was a more physical game. You couldn't hand, you know, you had the handshake. So, uh, I agree that that listen, it, LeBron and and Michael is an interesting combination uh, conversation to have. I do agree that Kobe versus Michael is more of a similar similar players, mm-hmm. uh, and I agree that Magic and and LeBron are more similar players and, in in you know they, they, they can distribute the ball differently. Whereas Michael and, 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 and Kobe, you know, the, the game went through them uh, in terms of the shots. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, to me, it's not a comparison to me. It's, it's, you take Michael all day long. I think when you watched, when you watched that, that, <laughs> that, 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 that series on, on, on Michael Jordan, it reminded you just how good he was. Yeah, right, like, I'm taking nothing away from Co- taking nothing away from Kobe, taking nothing away from LeBron. If he decided he he was going to just take over the entire game, he was going to take over the entire game. Yeah, and, he wasn't and, and Kobe so.
0: adopted that. I mean, Kobe modeled his sure. game against. Uh, after Michael I mean and there's no shame in that you know Kobe did a great job with that and Kobe's attitude was you know the Mamba mentality I mean that was you know that was something special too I remember working at Phillips Arena and seeing Kobe come in and just take over the game and it was it was a thing to watch but yeah I mean I I tell my kids all the time and they don't want to hear the whole you know LeBron comes through the lane like a freight train and Bill Embiid is there to deliver a left hook and knock him to the ground and only get a personal foul it would've happened.
1: It would have happened. And that's why, like, it's 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 a tougher comparison because there's no question LeBron's a great player, great all-around player, one of the top whatever, the five of all time, depending on who who's ranking. Yeah. But what would it look like for a lot of these players today, back in the day? Yeah. It's just a different game. So it's really hard to make it an apples to apples comparison.
0: Yeah, and just just imagine if you weren't allowed to foul Michael, even to the point where, you know, in in today's game, I mean, he he would average sixty points a game.
1: Yeah, he would he would have sat the he would he would have had twenty five free throws a night.
0: Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, but, um, but yeah, you said yeah. you're flying into to Tennessee on uh, on Friday. Hopefully the weather's good for you. I'm gonna grill out. I'm going to get on my Traeger nice. and, and, and probably smoke some, nice. uh, some, some pork loin. Um, talking about barbecue, what, I mean, do you have a barbecue go to, are you a pulled pork guy or you, uh, you know, do you get into the whole dry rub versus sauce and vinegar based sauce versus mustard based sauce versus ketchup based sauce? You know, yeah. Uh, do you, do you dive deep into, into barbecue like that?
1: I do. So, um, I used to go out with this girl a long time ago and she was a chef on food network and, uh, So she would always get me, she would always get me like, oh, green egg called and they want to give me this. Do you want? I'm like, yeah, of course. So I'm actually staring at all my grills. Oh, wow. I got, I got a Traeger. I got, I got a, I got a green egg. I've got uh, got a Weber and I don't know what the other one is. It's some random brand. And, um, so I, I do have them all. Um, and I've actually been fortunate enough to attend a a bunch of barbecue competitions. Oh wow! and so, uh, and I love barbecue so much that, you know, I had to go to Texas for a business meeting one time and uh, I could have flown in and out in a day and I spent three and a half days there. I rented a car and I dri- and I planned it. I was going to drive for three days around Texas and stop at all these iconic barbecue places. Mm-hmm. I must have gained 15 pounds on that trip, but it was amazing. <laughs> it's um, worth it, You know, I-, I do love pulled pork. Um, the The challenge I have with that is that, you know, I've got a house with a lot of girls in it, and uh, so when I make a shoulder, what am I going to do with all the food? We've been stuck in lockdown, so it's not like I can invite a bunch of people over. So I've been doing a lot of ribs lately. Um, I'm a, I'm Solid big on the choice. dry rub. Yeah, yeah I, I like dry rub. Um, I like the sauce on the side. If, yeah, just just a light light
0: basting of sauce yeah, is, is kind of what I do. It.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I don't like it when I get my ribs in there, you know. Not a fan of the overcooked, full up, you know, fall off the bone, slathered in sauce Tony Ro- Tony Romas. Um, yeah. I'd I'd much rather uh, dry rub them and a uh, little little pull when they come off. So yeah. Uh, lately, I've been messing around with um, I've been messing around with duck and making like uh, Szechuan duck, smoked Szechuan duck. That's oh. pretty good.
0: Yeah, I got I to give that a shot. I um I, I've been doing uh I've been doing a lot of salmon. Uh, smoked salmon, and I've been doing a lot. You know, I did obviously. I, I haven't figured out pork shoulder yet. Um, I haven't, I haven't cracked the code on that. But ribs, I did some ribs the yeah. other night. Had them for leftover. Still, outstanding. Yeah. You know, and, and and I'm a dry rub person too. Yeah, you know, I like a like a very light basting of sauce to create that crust. Yeah, but you know, other than that, I don't need a whole lot of sauce. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't like having to like just to just to drink my drink. Right. I, yeah. Like I'm you with have you on that. You have to take a bath just to wash your drink. Right. Yeah. You know, just to yeah. drink your drink. And, and that's not for me. And the same yeah. with chicken wings. Like, I want just enough sauce to like give it some flavor and some accent, but I don't want to have to, like, I don't want my hands covered in wing sauce or barbecue sauce or whatever I'm, whatever I'm dealing with. And, and I try to, when, when I grill, I try to do that. And, and uh, I got a little small Weber. Uh, that I yeah. do some stuff on, and then I got my Traeger, which I got for Christmas. I'm still experimenting with the with that whole thing. So nice. it, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I, I'm sure you yeah. got the I'm sure you got the advanced course there with your uh, uh, Food Network girlfriend there for well, a little bit.
1: I actually had I had the opportunity to uh, there's there's a gentleman his name's Myron Mixon. Yeah, he's uh he's from Georgia, and uh, he's known as the best guy in the world for whole hog. And uh, I actually got to take a class with him, and that was amazing because. You know, when you think about a whole hog, that seems like such a commitment and such an mm-hmm. endeavor. And I learned so much taking that class, but, uh, that it was amazing. Um, but you know, just commenting, going back to your wing comment, I agree with you on the wings. I think when you oversaw some, <coughs> excuse me, you lose that crispiness and the texture that mm-hmm. I want to, I, I want to have on the wings. It's going to have a little crunch to it. little bit, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there, man. I'm I'm full on team Buffalo, but yeah. they they've got to have. I always say extra crispy.
2: I always yeah. make sure I 100%. say extra
0: crispy so that they'll come out not swimming. Because yeah. if yeah. they're swimming, I, I don't like that. And yeah. and it's you know some of my friends do, and I'm just like I can't yeah. do it. Like I had some wings the other night. It just they they felt the texture was was off, and I just didn't like it. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Extra crispy is the key too. Cause there's nothing worse than getting that wing. And it's like a little too like slimy. Yeah, I need them extra crispy.
0: Yeah. And I, I need, to, I need to like feel like I'm eating real food. You know what I mean? It yeah. almost feels like I'm eating baby food, but, uh, Rick it, it was great to talk to you man we're gonna yeah, uh thank you know, we're, you. we're gonna wrap this thing up man I'll let you go enjoy that weather and uh, maybe you can grill up a few ribs on your eight grills that you have in the, yeah, in the backyard right. there but you know I want to thank you for being a part of our show uh with monster bass and and sending yeah. us all those items and you know Israel had to jump off and they made him do uh state testing so he's having a proctor test that's why he just just yeah. uh suddenly dropped off but you know it it was great to have you on the show great to just get to know you and and, and talk about whatever and however and whenever we got to get you to the world's largest outdoor outdoor cocktail party because you want to talk about a party atmosphere holy cow
1: yeah i i do i need to get there so hopefully we we can make that happen
0: yeah let's uh let's let's try to make it happen maybe we can uh hit some fishing and uh you know partake a georgia florida game and it's in the state of florida it's in jacksonville so you know there's going to be zero restrictions there but um it was great to have you again rick and uh thank thank you you for for being a part of our show uh but before we go um want to also have support for our show is brought to you by just live a trusted source for high quality wellness cbd products created by athletes just for you that's why we just came out with this new cbd gummy line they have 6 different flavors and functions including sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm and vitamin C. Plus they're vegan and low sugar. Just Live was founded by professional athletes Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana and Paul Rodriguez because they wanted to create a CBD product they could trust and could stand behind. If you need support with sleep, focus, energy or immune health, I highly recommend giving these a try. Rick, I might I might go I might rock with the sleep sleep that's yeah. that's what I that's what I need. What does any of those stand out to you?
1: I'm down with the sleep side, yeah, all the time.
0: I, we could always use a little bit of that. So, of course. But guess what? Right now, if you buy one of their new gummy products, you get one free. There are six different oh. benefits to choose from, and instead of choosing just one, visit JustLive.com. Use the code Support, and you buy one, get one free. And Amazing. I always say, free is for me. So, yeah, buy one, get one free on the new gummies on the new gummy lines with the code support at justlive.com buy one get one free at justlive.com just use the code support. So, Rick, yes. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Thank the great you. state of Tennessee. And Always. for our, for our listeners, give me a go dogs.
1: <laughs> go dogs.
0: <laughs> I'll get, I'll throw you a I'll throw you a fight on. All right. So, fight on, go dogs. You got it, man visit monster bass get your get your fishing gear now i'm gonna you know if you follow me on instagram um at burton on instagram at believe in dogs on instagram at coach burton thirty six on twitter uh at troopstar twenty eight that's israel um if you follow us w- w- when i when I'm able to get back out on the on the water I'll try out some of these things I'll give you guys some live reviews of of the baits from a from a novice fisherman that doesn't really know what he's doing and uh see how it works see how see Thanks. how well they uh, see how well they did picking out uh, baits for me in in uh, in Nashville Tennessee so uh, Rick, good so long see you later all
2: right thank you thank you, man' Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. check us out at Believe.com and search for b l e a v on YouTube.